a brand new tournament in Detroit, one by one, Nate Lashley. Who is Nate Lashley? On this Data Monday, let's get to know Nate Lashley. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Appreciate it on this Data Monday. These are one of my favorite uh, days for sure, because we've just come off four days of golf, where we got to enjoy the best players in the world go at it. Additionally, we had an extra amount of goodness with the U.S. Senior uh, Open, which was awesome, um, again. So, really cool. This is a good day to be discussing what happened. I have been so completely dumbfounded at how awesome this golf season has been. And to have, I, I don't know, what, what's the best story? Seriously, I mean, what's the best story of the year? You've got a Tiger Woods coming back and winning the Masters, which was like, okay, nobody's going to top that. And, uh, and then you've had Gary Woodland coming out of nowhere and his whole thing with, with Amy. And, uh, and then, I mean, last week you've got Ches Reeve after 11 years comes back. And we had a really good story with Jason Sucher who you know, was out of nowhere and kind of a Cinderella story for 54 holes and then kind of fell off a little bit, came back and made some good money. And now we have Nate Lashley, who none of us know. I was reading somewhere he was only like on, of all the fantasy cards all the way around, he was only on like 10 of them, right? And I'm sure those were Folks that had no idea what golf was all about, and they happened to enter some sort of stupid something or other at work and just chose names, right? If anybody who had any idea about golf would have never chosen Nate Lashley to win this thing. It's, it's unbelievable. So let's look. Let's talk a little bit about it. Get into the numbers. We'll, we're going to talk a little bit about Steve Stricker as well. We have to. His win was really cool, and he's the Ryder Cup captain next year, so... Lots of reasons to talk about him, but let's first jump in with the Snake Lashley, the 2019 Rocket Mortgage Classic champion held in Detroit Golf Club, on the Detroit Golf Club for the first time ever. And I, I, heard mixed, I heard mixed reports. I heard that it's the first time we've had a tournament in Detroit in like umpteen years, like at least a decade. And then I also heard that it was the first time they'd ever had a PGA Tour event in Detroit. So I don't know which is true there, but either way, it had been a long time or Detroit had never seen a tournament. So that's always cool. We had Ricky Fowler there acting as host, really, with the um, being sponsored by Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. And uh, this tournament was so different. First off, a little quick bio as we've been doing on the winner. Um, Nick Lashley was ranked way down there in the 300s when he came into this thing. He actually tried to Monday qualify and, and didn't. And then got in a second alternate when some 50-year-old guy who hadn't played in 15 years decided to drop out. And I can't remember his name. 
But wow, right? This guy needs a beer um, or, you know, some ibuprofen. Whatever caused him to, to set out. What a wonderful thing for Nate Lashley, who went then wire to wire to make this victory. And that hasn't been done since Brooks Kepka did it a couple years ago. And, um, and, and with what we saw last week with Jason Suture, we were wondering if it was going to be a similar situation where, you know, he makes the turn on Saturday and falls apart like Jason did. But that was not the case. Nate held on and got it done for a six-stroke victory. And I think most of us, at least the sentiment I got around the whole thing and listening and reading stuff is we were all pulling for this guy. Because when you hear the history of his life, it's just one of those feel-good stories that you, you just hope can come true, right? Because you pull for a guy like this. Um, he's had one top 10 finish, and he's only started 32 times. He joined the tour in 2017 because he won an event on the web.com. Now the, oh man, I can't even remember the, the what is it, the, the Corn Ferry Tour, Corn Whatever. The Corn Ferry Tour? Carry? Carry for? I don't know what it is. But anyway, the, the, the web.com tour, he won, in 27, he won in 2016 and got on in 2017. Before then, he really had sort of dabbled. He had a three-win season on the PGA Tour Latino America, <clears throat> which got him into the web.com tour. Um, the tragedy that beset this guy is hard to believe. And that's why... He was a good player, um, played at the University of Arizona. It's literally the only Arizona Wildcat I have ever cheered for in my life. Go Sun Devils. I, I, and I still, I will never stop cheering for this guy. When he was in college as a Wildcat up in Wyoming, playing in a tournament up there, his dad and mom and girlfriend flew up in dad's private plane to watch him play and subsequently crashed on the way home, and he lost all three of them. And it set him uh, for a loop. Um, Plane crashes are scary. Plane crashes are devastating. I don't know. It's more common to die in a car. Um, Cars are more dangerous, but there's something that's just completely tragic about a plane crash. It's just so, you know, you're the, the Payne Stewart thing and, and this plane crash. And whenever somebody goes down in a plane crash, it seems to be much more horrific. I had uh, two uncles go down in a plane crash. They, they died in my dad's private plane going to meet my uncle's fiance. The three of them went down and died. And it's a tragedy. It's horrible. So to be a kid now without your parents and your girlfriend, now dealing with that, it's hard to imagine. And his struggles make sense. That's a lot of stuff. Golf's a tough mental game. That's a lot of stuff to deal with. And so his bouncing around and not quite finding his footing after college, he went into real estate for a little bit. He did a few of the mini tours here and there. He just sort of flandered around um, around for a little bit, trying to find himself, trying to find what he was passionate about, what he was interested in. And he gets back into golf, which I think is such a beautiful story for all of us that started when we were young. There was something beautiful and simple and wonderful about the game. 
And sometimes when we, I went a long period of my life as well where I didn't play any golf. And then when you go back to it and all those old memories and feelings come back, it's a special thing. And I think golf was a bit of home for Nate Lashley. And he slowly came back and found himself and found his game and worked his way up. Um, he had some injuries last year and, and only played, I think, half the events. Didn't make it into the playoffs. He was really, it was very possible that he was going to lose his card this year. It was probable that he was going to lose his card this year. To get in a second alternative, the second alternate, and then go wire to wire and win by six strokes, I don't know what the odds are on something like that. But it's as close to a miracle in golf as I think you can muster up. I think it's more improbable and impressive than Tiger's win. Um, at least for me. It's the one that means the most. It was such a satisfying tournament. When he finished it off and stood it on the green, I, his reaction to it was amazing. You see a great exuberance sometimes from people when they win. When that putt went in for Nate, it was like uh, relief. It was like, finally. It was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing now. It was a different reaction than we typically see. And I just think that it's been such a heavy, long journey, um, struggling from paycheck to paycheck, trying to figure it all out, trying to, trying to wa- wondering if this was the right path for him. All of that ended when that putt went in. And it was just, uh, I don't know. I would love to know how he felt, but it seemed to me watching him that it was just like, okay, I guess, I guess this is right. I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, really cool. I just, ah, that's about as, that is about as cool a victory as I've seen in a long time. So I'm really happy for him. Uh, wish he wasn't an Arizona Wildcat, but I'm going to be looking the other way for a very long time. Some of the cool stuff that came out of this, um, he birdied more par fours than any other person has all year in a tournament. So he set a record for that this year. That's incredible play. He, uh, he had 28 birdies, which obviously led the field. But 22 of his 28 birdies were inside 10 feet. I mean, his irons were dead on, were amazing. And that kind of made me think, hey, you know, what, what's this, what's this Nate uh, playing? And I didn't, I, I mean, is he, does he even have an equipment con, you know, contract? I, I don't know if you're 300th in the world if you get an equipment con, contract. I, I really don't know. So I, I wanted to see his bag just for kicks. I, I mean, we saw him wearing a ping hat and stuff. He had his caddy with a caddy bag that was a, kind of a military themed. I don't know if you saw that. That's kind of a cool looking bag. Really cool looking bag, actually. Um, awesome. Anyway, so I just kind of pulled up what was in his bag for this tournament. It's straight up all ping. He's, he's head to toe ping. Um, ping uh, G410 LST driver, 10 and a half degrees, which I think is awesome. Um, so many of us try to get that, you know, oh, I had an eight and a nine degree. And uh, no, uh, he's, well, he's playing at 10 and a half degrees. Uh, let's get over ourselves, folks, and play what really works based on the numbers, based on the data. Three wood, ping, 410 LST. He plays a seven wood, 
which I thought was interesting. But it's also the Ping 410. I didn't know Ping made a 7 wood in the 410. Uh, I don't know if that maybe is specially made for him. All of, all of, those, all of his woods have the uh, Fujikura, a Fujikura, and that is how you say it, <laughs> um, shaft in them. Um, his irons, he plays the Ping I-210s, two four through pitching wedge. Not even a mixed bag, just straight up. Very simple. Um, then he plays ping wedges in 50 and 54, the Glide 2.0, and then his 60 degree is the Glide 3.0 Stealth. And all his shafts are Project X, LZ 6.5, 125 grams. That goes back to a show that we were talking about, making sure that your wedges and your irons all have the same setup. It just makes it so simple. Don't go out and have a bunch of different shafts. Don't go out and have a bunch of different heads. Go out and have same swing mate throughout the bag and set your clubs up that way. This is a brilliant setup. Really cool to see that, boom, it's all here. And he played with a Pink Scottsdale Wolverine, 34 and a half inch club, 19 degrees of lie and four degrees of loft, which is interesting there, isn't it? And a super stroke slim, 3.0. Anyway, played a Titleist Pro V1X. So I applaud the plane of Titleist. Anyway, so yeah, that was interesting because I, and I don't know. Um, I'm guessing Ping, Ping always does a really cool thing, right? Where they give each one of their folks on staff a gold putter after they win a, a tournament. I, I'm assuming that he gets one of those. I don't know if he's on staff, but hopefully he gets one of those. That would be very cool. All right, let's jump into the numbers. I know we've been at this a while and we haven't even jumped into the numbers. It's just such a cool thing. What a great win. I am so happy for Nate. I'm totally pumped for Nate. I'm thrilled. Um, anyway, so Nate, what does he get for this win? What does this do for him? In the FedEx Cup rankings, he went from 132nd to 40th. He's in the green, right? He's close. Um, the World Golf ranking, he went from 353 all the, all the way up to 101. And I read somewhere else that... Um, our good friend, oh man, who was it? Our good friend, oh shoot, I'll try to remember. Anyway, um, yeah, I can't even remember what his name was. But anyway, uh, oh, Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson actually dropped below. I think he's 103rd. So <laughs> Nate Lashley passed. Um, so that's pretty, uh, Zach Johnson. So that's pretty amazing. So world rankings up to 101st. And in, World, in FedEx Cup ranking, he's up to 40th. Pretty amazing there. All right. As far as we, we look at his consistency rating, which, is, which was kind of hard to do because Nate hasn't played a lot of, of golf. Um, he's only been on the tour since, uh, since 2017. He only played like half. Um, he only played like half the rounds in 2018 before he got injured. So that was kind of an interesting deal. Um, so finding all these numbers together, the PGA Tour, he was so low in the PGA Tour that this, this, he didn't really have a lot of stats on him. So I kind of had to piece this thing together. Eventually got it all. So he's played in 33 tournaments on the PGA Tour, and he's made the cut 19 times for a consistency rating of 58%, which puts him down in that low category, 59% and below, where you expect that they would lose their 
their card. And he was on the way to losing his card. And others who were on their way to losing their card this year are Connors, Homa, and Kang. All of them were not going to probably keep their card. And now we've got four of them who have won this year that were probably going to lose their card. Probably going to lose their card. And so that's pretty amazing. So yeah, 58%. There's now four tour winners that were below that 59% uh, level. Uh, obviously, when we look at this consistency rating, it's to help us kind of understand over the course of their career, over the course of their careers, what type of player have they been? And I've broken this out: ninety percent and above is a legend, and that's to, that's a Tiger Woods type player. He's the only one who has over ninety percent, and uh, Rory McIlroy's close at eighty-eight percent. But there's elite type players, and those elite type players for their career in who have won this year, Kepka, McElroy, Molinari, Dustin Johnson, Mickelson, Justin Rose, and Patrick Cantley. Solid players are that 70 to 79% cut percentage rate. Holmes, Mitchell, Casey, and Woodland are all guys that have made there, but Woodland's getting close to bumping up into elite if he keeps playing well. And then good players who have won this year um, have made the cut 60 to 69% of the time. Kisner, McDowell, Pan, Palmer, Na, and Revy from last week. So again, 58% for, for Nate is quite low. But now he's got a victory. He's got two years exemption. He's got to play in some majors. And, and we would expect him to start uh, playing better. He definitely, um, this year, his cut percentage rate has, has gone up to 73%, which would put him in that solid spot. So he is definitely playing better this year. And this, obviously, the confidence that's got to come from this has got to be pretty amazing. So really, really cool stuff. Okay. Um, benchmark reviews now. This is always kind of a good part. Again, for those who are joining us for the first time on this Data Monday, we have a level of bench remark, uh, benchmarks. These benchmarks are percentages that we have taken from the PGA Tour stats page from 2018. Essentially, they are these benchmarks are anything above these numbers, we can consider our game to be pretty healthy as amateurs. And anything below them, we would say, probably time to work on that aspect of our game. With the goal being that we are always working on the weakest part of our game. So our game is as good as it possibly can be at any given time. That's kind of the goal behind these benchmarks. So we are accurately measuring and working on our game. Everything that's, you know, not measured and written down is just a pipe dream. Um, if you're not tracking this, if you're not tracking, you're not going to get any better. And I realize there's a lot of folks that just are out there to have a little fun. But for those of us that really want to get better, this is a great way to do it. Track your progress. Okay, so, so what we do is we look at the averages for the winner every week in this particular tournament. And we compare that to what their 2018 numbers were just to kind of see the difference. And then we compare that to our benchmarks to see if they would need to work on any part of their game for this. So driving accuracy for this tournament, for the Rocket Mortgage, um, <clears throat> Nate Lashley hit 73% of his fairways. His 2018 average was 61%. And our benchmark is 55%. We want to be hitting 55% or more of our fairways. Uh, before we go pound a, a million drivers on the range, right? Um, those that hit on tour who hit less than 55% of their driver in the fairway, 
Uh, Phil Mickelson, Tony Fianau, and Jimmy Walker, to name a few. Okay, greens and regulation for the tournament. Nate Lashley hit 82% of his greens and regulation. In 2018, he hit 68%, so 14 points higher this week. Extraordinary, right? And we talked about not only was he hitting more greens, he 22 of his 28 birdie putts were less than 10 feet. He was hitting it tight. Those ping clubs were getting the job done. Um, our benchmark then is 65%. So we should be hitting our greens 65% of the time. If we're hitting less than 65% of the time, let's work on our approach shots. Let's work on our approach irons. Those that hit less than 65% of their greens and regulation in 2018 were Patrick Reed, Jason Duffner, Phil Mickelson, to name a few. Okay, sand saves. Nate Lashley was 100% out of the sand for this week. I think he was only in twice, but he got up and down both times. He avoided the sand like crazy, which is obviously always the best. But in 2018, he got out, up and out of the sand 49% of the time. And our benchmark for us is 45% of the time. And those that get up and down from the sand less than 45% of the time, Tony Finau, Bubba Watson, and Gary Woodland, if you can believe it. Okay, so those are good benchmarks. So driving accuracy, 55% of the time we want to hit the fairway or more. Greens and regulation, 65% or more. And sand saves, 45% or more. Uh, just for information, strokes game putting this week, um, Nate Lashley averaged per day two more strokes than the field. Every single day, he pulled ahead by two. He gained on the field um, 2.33. So if you add them all up together, he, he picked up over nine strokes on the greens for the week, which is amazing. Again, having less than 10 footers, 22 out of 28 of your birdie putts is a good way to do that. Um, let's see, scrambling. So in, for the tournament, he was up and down around the green 85% of the time. But in 2018, only 61% of the time. So again, we're talking here a 24-point jump in scrambling. How good is that? He hit a lot of greens, obviously. He hit 82% of his greens. But to get, out, to get up and down 85% of the, the greens he missed, you can kind of see why he pulled away and had that six-stroke victory. He was dominant. Um, our scrambling benchmark number is 55%. So the same as our driving accuracy number. We should be getting up and down from around the green 55% of the time. If we are getting up and down less than that, then we should be working on our chipping and, and that part around the green, getting up and down from around the green. Um, those that get up and down less than 55%, or did at least in 2018, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, and Jason Kokrak who has been playing better lately, so that's good. Good for Jason. All right, putting. All right, we don't really, they don't really give us putting numbers necessarily, and I know we've changed our putting strategy quite a bit this year, and I don't know if you've been working on it, but it's amazing. To, to learn to putt this way is awesome, and essentially all we do is we really, anytime we have, we focus on five-footers and in, like 90% of the time. And then we do a couple, then we do a sort of, you know, our lag putting. We'll work on that maybe 10% of the time, 5% of the time. And then we work on our chipping and putting, but we're just trying to get 
trying to get it so we are so comfortable at five feet and in that we are virtuous, virtu, uh, virtuous uh, let's see, virtually, that's better, virtually assured that we are going to roll in that five-footer. We've practiced it so much. We have developed the neural pathway so deeply. It is wrapped in such thick myelin that a five-footer in in is nothing to us. It looks like an absolute trash can. Um, if we get to that point, then it takes pressure off around the green, our sand game. It takes pressure off our lag putting because we've got a 10-foot circle we can get that ball within. And any of us can, it, can get it within a 10-foot circle lag putting. And really, I think any of us can get it. Can you imagine? Right now, our benchmark for scrambling is 55%. But if you got so good at five footers that you made 90, 95% of them, and then you just knew you had to get it within a 10 foot circle of the hole, and you made more than 55%, your score would go crazy. It would be so much better. Sand saves. If you knew you got within a 10 foot circle, even if you did that 50% of the time and you could make 90% of them, what does that do to your score? It takes it so low, so quickly. This is a, such a cool way for amateurs to practice the things that are most important, make them a total skill, a total strength of your game, and take the pressure off the rest of our games. It is such a great way to do this, to be efficient in our practice. And that's really what we're about here at Data Access Golf is using technology and using stats and data to make sure that we're practicing on the parts of our game that need the most work but also practicing in a way that makes us the most efficient and effective because we have very little time to do it, but we want to play good golf. So that's what we're about trying to do. All right. So um, <clears throat> we have here as a benchmark that we want to make 80% of our five footers. I am not going to change it. That's what it's always been. But I believe if we practice our five footers, we can get higher than that. 90, 95%. Um, Nate Lashley averaged 79% from five feet in 2018. So we, this is the only category where we'd say, Nate, work on your five-footers. And we would say that anyway. Right? Everybody should be working on their five-footers in it. And then he averaged 29.3 putts per round in 2018. Our benchmark is 30 putts per round. So he was good there. All right. Now on to the money portion of Data Monday, which is always fun. Um, they make a lot of money... Nate's not one that's made a lot of money, obviously. But so this one's really cool to think about. So the Rocket Mortgage first place prize money is $1.314 million. His total score for the week was 263 strokes. So that averages out to, for a five-hour round, $328,500. All right, per day. Um, per hour, he made $65,700, right? That's, again, averaging, averaging um, five-hour rounds. Per stroke, $4,996. And his career money now with this 1.3 is 2.1. So before this, he'd only made about six hundred grand total in his career. Um, he now is over $2 million for his career. He has made 33 cuts, as we talked about. So now he averages $62,217 per cut. 
Uh, before this, he was averaging like five grand. So amazing uh, for him. This changes everything. I'm so happy for Nate. Um, this is a very, for me, a very popular win, a highlight of this year's golf for sure. One of the feel-good stories, if not the feel-good story of the year. And I can't believe that we've had so many feel-good stories in the year, and then they just seem to be replacing one and then another. It's crazy. But super, super awesome. So congratulations, Nate Lashley. That was awesome. That was one of my favorites for sure. And best of luck, bud. I mean, going forward, that was so awesome. Um, amazing. Really great. And then I wanted to touch on really briefly. First off, I wanted to say I, I just, I don't know how I feel about Michelle Wee. I'm, I'm happy that she's taking the year off. I feel bad for her career. I probably have more to say about that. You know what? I'm not going to talk about it. I'll, you know what? Let's just do another show because I've got some stuff to say about that. I know I'm not real, not real thrilled. But I will talk a little bit about, let's talk about Steve. You know, one more thing about Nate Lashley's victory. He was, if you took his total in strokes gained, he was so dominant that he would have been, he would have finished. It was the fifth most dominant tournament of the year based on stroke game, straight strokes gained numbers. That's how well he played. Second alternate. No history. It's beautiful. It's a cool story. All right. And what reminded me is I brought up this, this screen on Steve Stricker. And so to listen to, uh, he's one of the best, right? Steve Stricker is one of the coolest. I don't know of anybody who doesn't like Steve Stricker. And, and I would question anybody who doesn't like Steve Stricker. If you don't, I think you've probably got some get some mental health. You've got some severe problems because this dude is good. He's just a good person. Uh, I love that he has his wife on the bag. They asked him what, you know, how he's going to pay his wife. And he said she can have whatever she wants, which is always the right answer. I mean, he's just, he's brilliant. His daughters were there. It was cool. It was really cool tournament. He obviously, he set the um, U.S. Senior Open scoring record and he only went one under par on the last day. I mean, that's how dominant he was the first three days. Super, super cool. He was the only guy in the field that shot four, uh, four scores in the 60s. He went 62, 64, 66, and 69 for a 261 total. Amazing. Minus 19. Uh, awesome. Just an amazing uh, round of golf. Now, his strokes gain total was 24 point not 24.2, essentially 24.3, I think, if we round it up. That is the highest strokes gain total number period this year on the PGA Tour or otherwise. Um, he was dominant in so many different categories. His driving accuracy, he was over 80% for the week. His driving distance, he was 18th for the week. He averaged 278 yards his longest drive was 319 yards, uh, which put him at 13th. Um, he got up and down 0% of the time in the sand, but he was only in the sand twice. His scrambling numbers, 89%. He was always almost 90% scrambling, and that led the field, and partially why he was so dominant. In greens and regulation, he hit 75% which sounds like, well, that's not a big deal because Nate Lashley did better than that. It was first in the field, 75%. They had that course tough for these players. 75% led the field. Um, and that was Steve Stricker. 
And then putts per greens in regulation, 1.6 putts. Um, and that put him about fifth. We know he's an extraordinary putter and awesome. But it's so fun to listen to him. He's such, it's so fun to listen to him talk about how he, the, he said it was awkward to play with Jerry Kelly, his good friend. They're both from Wisconsin. They've been friends forever. They play in team events together. Um, Steve lost to Jerry, right, last week, missed a putt on 18 that would have given Steve Stricker the tournament. Instead, he had to go into a playoff, and he lost the playoff. And he said it bugged him. But he played the last round with Jerry Kelly. And that is a, he said, it's an awkward position because it's a good friend. He loves his friend. But he wanted to beat his friend. But he wanted his friend to play well. And uh, it was kind of an interesting thing to hear him talk about. But just a good dude. Uh, so happy that he's got this thing. He talked about, um, you know, this does, that, what's cool about this, the uh, Champions Tour is that this qualified him for the U.S. Open next year. Which is cool, right? That he gets to play in that next year. And then they've got the senior players. And if you win that, you get to play in the players championship. So I just love this connection between the Champions Tour and the, uh, and the PGA Tour. Uh, it's fun. I think it's super fun that way. And it's really good to see, can I say this? It's really good to see other people winning. I got so, I used to watch the uh, Champions Tour all the time or Senior Tour Champions or whatever they're calling it now. I loved it. I really loved to watch it until Bernard Langer started winning everything. And then I was like, you know what? I got no interest in this. I don't, li- I don't like the dude. I do like looking at his swing because there's a lot you can le- learn from him. But I've had some run-ins with him in the past. He's just not a very good dude, in my opinion. So when he was winning everything, it was like, ugh. But now you got Stricker and Jerry Kelly and all these cool guys that we grew up with and, and are obviously good guys. It's fun to see them them winning and, and doing so well on the um, tour champions of the PG Tour. So anyway, that's it for this Data Monday. Uh, what a great, great year and especially week of golf. Steve Stricker and Nate Lashley, awesome, totally fun. So happy that I got to see that and partic- just watch it and enjoy it. Uh, it was so, I guess satisfying seems like a weird word, but it was so satisfying to have both of them come out on top this week. Uh, Awesome way to start a Monday. Until next time, please remember better data always means better golf, and I hope you have a super great week. We've got great weather in Utah this week, so um, looking forward to getting out on the links and playing a little bit. Until next time, see ya. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.